0: And I'm not going to open up with what's up, guys. Good after. Say hello, friends. Do some some, Do some some dance, friends. All right, let's do it. Happy Friday, everyone. We are happy to be back with another episode of short-term high volatility investments. And since spring is in the air, you know that means baseball talk. So we're excited to dive into some of the many stats we use to handicap America's pastime, including angles to take and sites to reference. Lots more baseball and big data talk coming in the future, but enjoy the show.
1: This is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. What's up, guys? Jeff Sheesby here, a.k.a. the old man who bats alongside my main man, Ant Latino. I'm calling in. Of the beautiful sunny skies
0: here at Florida 100 foot Ethernet cord working and how's it going brother I can't even see just the brightness it looks like there's some water in the background the sun is shining down there I mean I'm just I'm, I'm stuck in a you know a little makeshift studio somewhere up here in New York it's not the same man I, I think I'm gonna get a ticket and fly down.
1: Yeah, come on down. Flights have increased in pricing, and yeah. yeah, we got room for, for the more the merrier. As long as you're bringing some hot bets and some cold beers, we can make it work. But guys, we've Love got it. a great show for you today, short and sweet. We're going to be talking about MLB strategy, how we approach it, where we find our data, what data matters to us. Uh, and of course, it's early season, so we're, we've been treading lightly so far. Uh, but once we have about a month or so of data, I think we'll probably both ramp up. And you know, I think one thing you have to consider that people don't think about too often, right? You're paying 162, 163 games, 100, whatever it is. That's a lot of games. But you know these teams will lose you know, four to six games in a row at times. That's barely even the first quarter of an NFL game. So it's one of those things. I think you have to have a little bit more tolerance for some of these losses, uh, really zooming out and, and, and viewing
0: it as a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah, 100%. Also coming off last year. Everyone's got to take it with a grain of salt. Remember, we had some bubble situations. We had a shortened season. I mean, what did we end up at, 60 games last year? I can't remember the number off the top of my head. But it was not the 162 that we're used to, not the way these stats and these guys stretching themselves out in a normal spring training like last year and the data looked very different as well. So you're trying to gauge that as well as build upon the early season and how to gauge things. So I I do think patience is important as much as people don't want to hear that. Got to build bet by bet. You know, a little phrase I know you like to throw around. Amen, baby. Bet by bet we build. And patience is a virtue held by very few. Something my mom used to say to me when I was, you know, old enough to comprehend words. That's fair. But another thing I'll tell you too that helps is uh, with all these afternoon starts that we've had recently, I tend to forget that the games are even on. So I don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about those and the temptation because I will look down on my watch and realize, um, oh, wow, there's four already in progress. So I might have missed those. Yeah.
1: And it feels like there's way more matinees early in the season than usual. I don't know if I'm just, you know, so happy to have sports back all day, especially coming out of the March madness start. But, uh, I do have missed a few, especially with my fantasy team. It's like, Oh boy, uh, probably should have put that guy into the lineup. I had Buxton on the bench. He went yard last night. Perfect. Uh, that's neither here nor there.
0: I love it. So baseball. so, So where do you typically start? I know we use some of the same sites, probably some different sites. Um, But there's a ton of approaches, right? There's a lot of data. Sabre metrics, I think, when you really take a step back and think about those types of terms and and that methodology, that really got started and got grounded in baseball, right? Um, So there's a ton out there and almost new stats and different ways popping up that I feel like other sports have started to catch up to. But baseball is really the, the, you know, the home for some of this.
1: Yeah, 100%, man. You know, I think what's so great about baseball, one, of course, you know, sample size. We're actually getting statistically significant, you know, numbers over the course of the season where, you know, you look at the high volatility of the NFL, you know, teams are still pulling off crazy upsets in week 10 because the team that they were through weeks one through six isn't the team that they actually are. Whereas baseball, you know, we get a feel for who you are, especially in the first half of the season and can kind of crank it up. So, you know, we're, we're, you know, there's just so many metrics, honestly, but that's what I love about the baseball. Of course, it's an art and a science. The eye test still matters. You got to see how guys are throwing, how guys are hitting. But there are so many different pieces of, of data between, you know, WOBA, uh, W-O-B-A, ISO, FIP, ERA, Sierra, you know, you name it. Uh, that list, of course, goes on and you can find ways to handicap with any of these. But because there's so much data and because so much of it is, is predictive and, and these these metrics are all you know intertwined together, it almost feels like you're going back to like pre-algebra and math where you're taking a couple numbers and the outcome like actually kind of makes sense. Uh, and that's what I love so much about it. So, you know, my Bibles, You know, we're talking about where are we getting our data? I'm sure there's a ton of sites out there. I use three sites religiously. I start with dailybaseballdata.com. From there, I, mean, I really love to, to take a, a pitcher-first approach on mine. I overvalue pitchers in all of my handicaps compared to, to, to hitting trends. Um, but I love looking at both the the sweeping season-long trends of a pitcher as well as the specific matchup trends. Not dissimilar to what I do with NBA props, looking at defenses versus positions, things along yeah, those lines. sides of that matchup, right? Exactly. But daily baseball data, you go to pitcher, uh, pitcher matchups and it shows you their career stats against the starting lineups that they're going to be facing. So very specific. And from there, I look for, for sample size, right? If a guy only has four or five, you know, six appearances against this starting lineup, I'll probably tread lighter on that game, even if it's a highly touted rookie or somebody who has just traded from the AL to the NL. So they haven't seen as many bats. You know, I do like to see that sample size as, as just, you know, kind of creating more reliable data. But generally, I start with uh, dailybaseballdata.com uh, and look at that uh, matchup versus data. We can go a little bit deeper into the stats I like, but I'd, I'd love to hear about, you know, what sites you usually start on.
0: Yeah, another one that I'm typically on a lot, and sometimes this is just doing some, you know, searching and then looking into, like you said, the matchup, uh, the statistics, more of the sweeping approach here because you can get a lot of career stuff. You can also get some good splits to see home and away is baseballreference.com. So obviously mm-hmm. this place is a Bible, you know, for, uh, you know, both team statistics and player statistics. But one of the things I do love on there is getting some of those home and away splits. You can even see spring training stats. Uh, if you're talking early in the year and you wanted to see how, how some of these guys perform. So a ton of data there, very searchable, you know, very easy to use um, baseballreference.com. Don't leave home without it.
1: I love it, man. I love it. And, you know, the second site that I love to use, and this is before I even look at lines, right? I mean, some sure. people look at the lines and engage strength and whatnot. I like to come up with kind of how I think the game is going to go and then use the Vegas line to either gut check it or essentially deem my analysis probably incorrect. But after I'm done with dailybaseball.data.com, again, in a second here, we'll get to the stats that we actually look at. Uh, I go over to balsant.com, similar thing. I'm still looking at matchup matchup data. Uh, but that one's got FIP, which is Fielding Independent of Pitching, measuring essentially a player's ERA would look like over a given period of time if the pitcher were to have experienced a league average result on balls in play and a league average in terms of timing. So it takes out a lot of the outliers. It takes out a lot of the actual outcome of what happened in the field, um, and, and that's on the matchup base up basis. So one of those stats that I can get a, a feel better for, um, you know, essentially what his ERA should be against this starting lineup, uh, I think it's a great way, especially with like overs and unders and things along those lines, because a lot of times you'll see a guy with like a two or three ERA but against this matchup with like a six plus FIP,
0: uh, and from there, that's always, a, of course, a concern. Yeah, and that's what you got into I think a, a key part to touch on there is removing some of the outliers, right? When you're dealing with you know, such a significant amount of games and at bats and, and data to look at, you do want to try to remove some of these outliers because these guys are human, right? Uh, uh, you know, a, a good hitter is hitting what, you know, high twos, low threes from a batting average standpoint, if you just look at that, and they're trying to jump it out. So to get into some of these adjusted metrics, where it is looking at uh, some of the different strengths and weaknesses on both sides, trying to normalize it um, is really important. I think another site that does that well is fan graphs, which I think we both utilize to some degree, right? Yeah, and Jeff, I think another one that we both use a little bit, so I wanted you to get into it, was uh, was Fangraphs. And, uh, you know, that is another one where you get a lot of team and individual uh, stats available, a lot of different metrics that are a little bit more predictive in nature. Are you using Fangraphs as well?
1: I love Fangraphs, man. That's that's part three of my process. I go daily yeah. baseball data matchup. I go to baseball savant specifically for that matchup FIP and then I had fan graphs for the sweeping trends and look at ERA versus FIP versus XFIP uh, to look at kind of whether or not the the pitcher should regress uh, or not regress um, for for the season, right. And you know, I think it's important to touch upon kind of what some of these metrics mean and what we look for. You know, in my initial analysis here, Starting on dailybaseball.com, you know, I first look at the comparison between weighted on base percentage, uh, you know, one of the more important metrics, I think, in baseball, essentially measuring the value of a hit rather than just batting average, which is super important. From there, I also compare pitcher ISO. Again, this is all in the matchup data. ISO, isolated power, a measure of how the hitter's raw power uh, and tells you kind of how often they hit for Uh, extra bases. And the league, it's always important to know where kind of league average is here to to quantify that, right? League average of WOBA is going to be 320. So anything over that is somebody who's hopefully going to get rocked. League average of ISO here, uh, 0.140. So a guy with an ISO of a pitcher with an ISO of like 200 or 250 probably gives up a lot of dingers. A great indication that an over might hit, even if they have a very good ERA. Uh, Also love looking at um, of course, batting average fine. You know, factor that in. But then when I move on to to uh, to Fangraphs or uh, to Baseball Savant. Excuse me. That's where the fielding independent of pitching, that's FIP, is going to be in. And again, that normalizes um, essentially what an ERA should be. Takes out all the variance of what actually happens on the play and grades it specifically on the league averages. Um, and once all that's there, I kind of put down my thoughts of, of exactly where we should be. And then I look to, to fan graphs. That's where we're going to look at current season ERA, past seasons ERA. Uh, versus expected FIP. So what it would, what the projection is of where he should have been compared to the actual outcome of it, and that's a great way to see if a guy should get better or worse. If a guy has a 2.5 ERA and a 4.5 FIP and a 6.0 expected FIP, he's still getting lucky, uh, and that's something that he
0: should be regressing. So that's a pitcher we would look to fade, of course. You look at the similar metrics there? Yeah, similar metrics, especially on the pitching side. I think you can really key in and look for some of that regression. Uh, I think it's also helpful, too, and and one of the things I'll look at is, you know, some of the home runs and Ks and walks and stuff given up per nine innings. Uh, Again, just to see how these guys are trending. I think one interesting one that jumped out the other day, and then we talked about it a little bit, was Max Scherzer. Late last year, he was giving up the home run ball. Uh, You look at it, you know, the line comes out. You're checking some of these statistics, Nats, Braves, um, a short line. A lot of people see that. They're like, oh, mad, mighty Max on the line, and I can get him at minus 120? All day, I'm going to take that, right? But you really got to dig deeper. I ended up being on the Braves, uh, actually the wrong side of that bet, but it wasn't because of Max Scherzer. That was because of Braves' pitchings and other things I probably didn't weight heavily enough. You know, Scherzer came right out and gave up four home runs, right? So you saw some of that consistency uh, in the approach there. So I think you're you're right to key in on the regression, and these sites and some of this data really allow you to do it.
1: Yeah, and the Scherzer example is is so good, man, because his matchup ISO it was was in like 250 300. So while he has you know yeah. what like a 33 ERA against that batting lineup, he's given up tons of power shots. And then you said it right: five hits, four home runs was his stat line, which is just absurd. Still had like 12 Ks. You know the guy's still a maniac, but uh, the data quite literally predicted that he would give up uh, a lot of big
0: plays. So great yeah. pick there. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you a little bit about was offense versus defense. Uh, obviously I think you're right. And I take a similar approach of heavily weighting the pitchers, you know, different from other sports. These guys can really influence the game. They're probably what a lot of the lines makers are setting odds based on. You see an ace on the mound, you're going to see typically, you know, a higher line that might get floated out there, but how do you manage the two sides of it? Right. That, that pitcher and the weight you want to put in him against the, the offensive metrics for that same team, you know, that meeting the, the, the pitchers team, right. We're talking about Scherzer. We're talking about the nationals offense. Are you looking at them on the other side or are you more looking at that pitching matchup? I'm for sure overweighting
1: that pitching matchup. Also looking, you know, Fangraft does a really good job that you can sort those ERA, FIP, XFIP stats per bullpens as well as a a cohesive unit. Um, So that's where I'll get a feel for kind of my first five versus full game bets. If you've got a gas can of a bullpen, you know, I'm trying to limit that variance. I don't need to get involved with Wade Davis blowing another save by any means. But, you know, I think in terms of the overall overall, you know batting stats. I look more for, honestly, just like recent runs per game trends and the and hits per game and things along those lines. Uh, looking at the last three, the last five and the last 10. Uh, teamrankings.com does a really good job. Of, of giving you those stats. They also have really good stats like, you know, just first five runs per game by team. Uh, so you can kind of see where guys are, or what teams are getting hot earlier in the games versus later in the games. Uh, but I don't go as deep with kind of expected metrics, um, you know, of, of batters and any advanced, advanced metrics of the batters as I do with the pitchers. But, you know, if it's the type of thing where, you know, it's always a bit of a catch-22. A team hasn't scored. Look, look at the Red Sox' first three games, right? They had five hits in that entire series or something like that. It was the worst offensive performance they've right. had in an opening series since 1973. You know, at that point, it's like we have to make a decision. Is that going to continue or is that trend going to reverse? They then scored seven and nine on very good pitchers against against Tampa Bay. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of balancing whether or not that pitcher gives you a good a good option for this regression to end, but if that pitcher is still elite. And then I think we look to the line, and if it's a strong line, you know, last now is minus two fifty. I think he ended up did losing that, losing that game, but that doesn't show me that the, the Red Sox are going to come to play today. That's like minus one seventy, minus one fifty. That's a very small line for a pitcher of that caliber for the Rays, uh, and I think we can use kind of Vegas is showing us the light of what they think might happen in this game, and I think we could bounce back more on a regression. So it's all just taking all of these statistics, kind of playing around with them, Evan and flowing right, and, and figuring around, route. Um, you know kind of what 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 vegas is telling us to do versus what the data is telling us to do what the eye test is telling us to do
0: throwing that in a blender and all of a sudden we've got some picks there you go yeah i mean i think baseball too is a sport because of 162 games and these guys playing each other in three or four game sets sometimes a double header thrown in there too where the kind of chase model and chase concept which can take on a lot of different forms you know in terms of uh sports wagering um but you could look to grab a team that's you know, on a bit of a slide and, you know, continue to kind of chase, right, quote, unquote, uh, you know, adjust your unit size to get back to profit, Um, you know, if you follow a team on day one of that loss and then roll it over into day two or day three because it's hard to sweep in baseball, right? It's hard to sweep a three- or four-game series, Mm -hmm. uh, especially when some of these favorites lose. But you obviously can't be blindly taking favorites all the time uh, because those underdogs are going to win and and cash at a big rate too, especially in a 162-game season. Yep. hundred percent, man. Good stuff. So
1: yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for listening. I just want to give you kind of a, a look under the hood here. Obviously it's early season. Um, so we will have way more baseball picks. You know, I'm playing at a half unit right now. We'll be up into a full unit once we we'll have a little more data under, uh, under our, our belts. But we think it's very important to be transparent with our process, transparent with our results, uh, because at the end of the day, our goal is to empower you to win more bets, to make more money. Uh, and then Collectively, we all profits. We all get beers and we all have a good time. So uh, that's it. That's short-term high volatility investments. That's the Odds Fellow and your main man. She's an old man who bets uh, going deep uh, on our MLB strategy.
0: Cheers. Enjoy your green jackets. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out the 137 FM podcast group for our show and all the other great shows available. Throw a subscribe, throw a like, give us some feedback and don't miss any of the great podcasts. We're all dropping. You can also find us on Twitter at the odds fellow and at the old man who bets. We appreciate the follow. Appreciate the support. Uh, Next week we'll be back with more action and more importantly, more winners. So, Make sure you tune in to short-term high volatility investments. Thanks, all.
1: This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.